Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. If you like the show, we appreciate your support. And I want to give a shout out to two of our newer uh, Patreon supporters, Matthew W. and Amber K. Thank you so much. Thank you. How are you doing this week, Jess? Oh, not terribly, I guess. Uh, Thank you for the kind notes everyone sent my way over the last week. That was very nice. Um, But yeah, you know, life is still happening. Vaccines coming soon. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, speaking of which, then, let me start with this story right here, uh, which uh, we know there are a lot of people. Uh, let's assume there's a good vaccine rollout and people who need one can get one. People who want one can get one, which okay. will take a few months. But one of the things that we learned, I think, last month is that only 60 percent of Americans said they were planning on getting one. A lot of those other people said they were probably not going to get it. And this is based on anything from they believe some conspiracy theories about it. They distrusted the science behind it. Mm -hmm. They didn't understand it. Or again, it's easy to say no to a vaccine before people actually start getting it and see that it works and then line up to get it. So, okay. I'm not that disturbed by the 60% number, even though it should be way, way higher. But, That said, there was an article in the Washington Post this week that talked about how public health officials are actually reaching out to influential people in religious circles, in conservative circles, because the the thinking goes, if you can get megachurch pastors, for example, to tell their congregations to go get the vaccine because whatever, use whatever rationalization you want. Mm -hmm. The Bible says, Jesus said, get your vaccine, whatever. Or you get Sean Hannity or Tucker Carlson to tell their people to go get a vaccine. That would actually help the people who need it the most. Right. And so I I don't mind that. I don't mind that that's a thing they are trying to do because that is important. Now, the Washington Post spoke to one evangelical pastor as kind of a stand-in for what a lot of evangelical preachers are going through. (laughs) And basically this guy, his name is Steve Besner. He's actually, he has underlying health conditions that put him at greater risk for suffering from getting COVID if he gets it. (laughs) So like he's very much aware of the problem of how serious COVID is. But he also says, yeah, my congregation doesn't always wear masks. They don't take it as seriously as they need to. He's going to get the vaccine, but he's worried that his congregation may not feel the same way. And what he said 
Um, this is this is according to Sarah Pulley and Bailey of the Washington Post. In interviews, many of Besner's parishioners say they are hesitant because the vaccines were developed quickly. Mm-hmm. Some are concerned by reports that the vaccine used a cell line that originated in fetal tissue. Mm-hmm. And a smaller number of conservative Christians believe the vaccine could function as a mark of the beast and oh. identifier of the end times in Revelation. Now, there's just a let me really quickly just say the vaccine was actually developed in like literally a couple of weeks. We had the vaccine ready in mm-hmm. a sense before most of us even knew there was a pandemic happening like in March. And the truth is, like, they developed it quickly because they've dealt with coronavirus in the past. This mm-hmm. is a certain strain of it. They knew how to handle it, the technology and science. You need to develop it. They knew it. They mm-hmm. got on that. And what's taken so long and what's been remarkably fast has been the clinical trials and making sure this actually is effective and sure. there are no crazy side effects. The fact that that's happened so quickly and even the FDA uh, outside independent group that said, yeah, we recommend this vaccine for emergency use. Even the few dissenters said the only concern we have is we don't think there's enough data on 16 and 17 year olds, but everything else we're fine with. And we mm-hmm. think younger people aren't really at risk right now. So there's time to figure out if it'll work for them. But other than that, we're fine with it. Like everything looks good. Right. So the vaccines were developed quickly. That's not actually a concern. If you're following the scientists, the cell line was developed in fetal tissue. Also not true. The there, I think there are six major candidates here. Four Mm -hmm. of them have nothing to do with fetal tissues. And two of them used lines that originally, we're talking decades and decades ago, Mm -hmm. may have used it. But since then, they've been able to regenerate the material they need without new... It's not like they are murdering babies or whatever these conservatives think to be able to develop these vaccines. And even the Catholic Church, which is nothing if not anti-abortion and anti-everything good... um, They said, a lot of the bishops have said, we're fine with this. Go get your vaccine. (laughs) Um, Like, they found a way to say, even if they originated in fetal tissue, it's pretty far removed. It's fine. As for the mark of the beast, that's just insane. I don't have a response to that, except that's nutty. But, okay, here's why I bring this up. That pastor, there was one line that this pastor said that just stood out to me. He said, and I'm quoting, if I'm talking for an hour a week... And they're speaking of his congregation and they're feeding their souls with something else 15 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I simply can't win saying that if he's telling them to get a vaccine, but they're going home and watching Newsmax or Fox News oh. getting brainwashed into thinking this is some liberal conspiracy. Sure. He's like, I can't compete against that. And the reason that bothered me so much is. You have this guy has people coming to his church for an hour a week or so. And then, according to him, they're going home and watching all this, like, sure. brainwashing conservative. Just say Fox News. It, it's not just them. It's also the more right-wing Fox stuff. News at all. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, they're able to do both, and they don't have the cognitive dissonance that says, well, my pastor tells me things that are that I trust, and it's directly in contradiction with the stuff I'm injecting into my veins on TV. Like if sure. they were totally different things, one of them has to go. And that's not happening here. They're able to take in both sources of information and deal with it just mm-hmm. fine. And I wonder then, even if he sees them at a fraction of the time they spend watching TV, 
how much of this is to blame? Like, if they're not hearing him and saying, well, you go against Tucker, like, sure. if we're falling for these conspiracies and they're falling for these lies, even if he's sick and he's saying, I need you to take the vaccine and they're not buying it, like, maybe that's kind of his fault that they're not critically thinking about this enough to recognize. Like, he has not said enough to make them realize they're being brainwashed on the other side. So you're, so you're positing that he, no matter what he says, he is not doing enough in his position as a community leader? As a community leader, even as a pastor, to get them thinking straight. Like, he's sure. coddling their lack of skepticism. He's I coddling see. their broken mindset. He's coddling their right-wing brainwashing. So let's assume this guy is appearing on the church stage once a week or something. And he is saying, you know, abortion is genuinely evil. And he's saying marriage equality is wrong. And they're getting that same garbage from their conservative news outlets. Of course, they think I'm listening. I'm getting the truth from all sides. If he's getting up there and saying, no, they're lying about all this. Gay marriage doesn't mean the sky is falling. Trans rights doesn't mean everything's going to end. We're not really being persecuted. And they heard something different on Fox News. Then they would realize, okay, someone's lying to me. But <laughs> not getting that. And now when he's saying, no, you should take the vaccine. Everything's legit. And it's going to save everybody as, you know, as much as possible. Mm. And the opposite, let's say, on their conservative news outlets, right? They would, maybe they would have some questions or something, but they're not getting enough of that dissonance otherwise mm -hmm. for them to think straight about this stuff. Well, I mean... <sighs> How much blame should we reserve for these pastors, even the good ones who are saying vaccines are good, go get the vaccine? How much blame do you reserve for, like, the, the Republicans who are now saying, like, yeah, Trump's Trump's lawsuits are crazy, or these right-wing conspiracies are insane. It's like, well, you had all this time to push back against BS on your side, and you didn't do enough of it, and now no one trusts you anymore to do the right thing. Right. Well, and also, this isn't this this particular thing, this vaccination thing, doesn't live in a vacuum. So when you and I don't, I mean, I don't know if it is the like pastor's fault. I'm not sure. You know, I I, I think they have some responsibility to imbue positivity to their to their congregation, but at the same time, they're not scientists. But the problem is. They, they, and I don't mean this guy individually, I'm talking about sort of the right as a whole, have been spending the last couple of decades, but more specifically the last nine months, the last four years, banging the drum of the news is lying to you, you can't trust the government, this is like, masks are bullshit, the rates are lower. They're tra they've trained their viewership, their 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 followers, so to speak, they've trained them to mistrust everything. And so when you, when these people now are doing a 180 and saying, whoa, 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 yeah, like. You should listen to the scientists now. Right. Like, yeah, the Jews are taking over the media. Sure. However, <laughs> on this one thing. Right, right. Yeah, like, I, I don't think it's anybody's individual fault with the exception of like the Tucker, Tucker Carlson's of the world, but like, you can't have it both ways. You can't both tell your 
viewer. Tucker Carlson can't tell his viewers not to trust anything that anybody says in the government besides Donald Trump and also say like, well, we think that this is a good vaccine because you've already yeah. scared people out of it. They like the sowing. They don't like the reaping. Right, right, right. Exactly. Um, it's uh, By the way, I should say, I'm not just blaming pastors, too. I think this is largely a conservative problem, but th- there's a reason uh, government officials who are supportive of the vaccine are not having to reach out to like Planned Parenthood or the ACLU or pick your left wing group to do the same thing because no one's worried that like progressives are going to be suddenly skeptical of the vaccine in the same relative numbers here. Um, that said, I'm sure there are some online influencers uh, like the there are some liberals who are anti science, anti vax, the Gwen sure, Paltrow both sides, uh, but. It's way worse on one side. Right. Because I I think there is a difference between like, oh, I don't know. I'm going to do my research on whether fluoride is going to give me brain worms or whatever versus everything the government tells me is a lie and is meant to like break me down as a person. So like those two things are different different ideas. Like I'm going to try to put a jade egg in my vagina just to like see what's up versus like, I don't believe in germ theory anymore. Like right. those are, do, we all understand that those are not these comparable. Are different levels of ignorance. Right. right. Speaking of transition. Okay. Get this. <laughs> our, our friend, pastor Greg Locke in Tennessee, the oh, yeah. Christian hate preacher. He, he's one of those guys who speaks in all caps on Twitter, mega cultist type. Um, Last week, I saw he tweeted he tweeted a picture of him doing an interview in his outdoor church. He says it's outdoor, not because of COVID, but because it's just growing so big. We got to do sure. it outside. Sure, sure, sure. They don't they don't wear masks at this church. He's been he's he recently invited Roger Stone, the convicted felon and Trump dude. Like <laughs> he had Charlie Kirk. He just brings on these conservative dumb people to speak to his congregation because they're dumber than the speakers. It's just it's a lot of ignorance. Anyway, sure, sure, sure. he tweeted last week. So CNN just left our church. A quote short interview turned into a 45 minute smackdown about our church remaining open during COVID and my refusal to take a vaccine. It will be a hit piece without question. And then I realized um. that the person in the picture, the reporter, um, is L. Reeve, who it works for CNN reporter for CNN who became kind of famous online anyway, because she's the person who went, uh, who was like embedded with the white supremacists during Charlottesville. And like, uh, as that was happening, like the night after it turned out, she was with them the whole time that I'm not saying she's doing anything wrong. I'm saying like, she had the inside view of the other side of what was happening in Charlottesville. And that's kind of the most information anyone got as to the motivations and awfulness of the racists there. So like she knows what she's doing and it's like, well, I know she's a good reporter and I know like, if you know anything about her work, it's like, it's fair. So it's like, what is he complaining about? What is this hit piece? Did she ask him, did she ask him like, why are you taking a vaccine? And he's like persecution. And so (laughs) that was last week. And and then there was no report for days. And then finally yesterday on Thursday, there was a segment uh, on the show with Jake Tapper and I'm going to read you. I'm going to try to do this for you. 
she basically here's the segment they aired and mind you they taped a lot of it they only use a little bit that's how Uh tv journalism works but here's the part that they aired they have Locke saying like i'm saying the sickness is real i'm saying the pandemic is not and so the reporter's like i don't understand what you mean when you say the pandemic's not real the pandemic is not real Okay, but what do you think a pandemic is? Not is this COVID- Yes. Oh, my God. Not COVID-19. Sure. But what do you think a pandemic is? It is no pandemic. Then some dude off screen says, I think we've stuck on the pandemic question too many times. And she <laughs> says, well, well, why can't you answer it? To which Greg Locke says, "It's re- I did. There's no pandemic. COVID-19 is not a pandemic. But what would a pandemic... What is a pandemic then? To which he says, not what we're experiencing. I'm 44 years old. We've not had one in my lifetime. So I don't know. And this is not it. Which, by the way, that last, that last little bit there, I don't know and this is not it. That's so MAGA cultism in a nutshell. I don't understand it, but I hate it. It applies to COVID. It applies to LGBTQ people, uh, systemic racism. You name it. They don't yeah. get it, but they're against it. It's like the uh, Lucille Bluth line. Of like, I don't understand the question and I will not answer it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's what he's now that man. I, I, I've known this guy for many, many years against my will. <laughs> we argue online all the time uh, and it's still, it's so amusing that this is now the thing he'll be known for, for at least a little while. The guy who is decries the pandemic as a hoax, who can't it, answer what a pandemic is. But also admits that COVID is a real problem. Like, it's really a semantic argument. People can get sick from COVID, sure, but who cares? It's not a pandemic. Like, I admit it's a serious virus, but he doesn't accept that anyone can catch it. I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking because he's not thinking. It's just word salad with this guy. Right, right. And by the way, it's the same approach to, like, evolution, too. All those, like, Ken Ham creationists say the same thing, like, uh, evolution is wrong. We must reject evolution. Oh, what is evolution? Can you explain it? No, but it's not true. <laughs> I know it's not whatever you're about to say it is. Yeah. <sighs> okay, I'm changing the subject entirely and going to something I'm well-versed in, which is pop culture. Oh, God. Um, okay, Elliot Page is transgender. Yes. That, I think, happened, like, last week, maybe. I think that happened within this last week, because we haven't Was talked about him. Yeah. So, anyway, there's a Christian writer. His name is Beckett Cook. Um, the answer to whatever you're thinking is yes. And so he posted an article on the Christian, on the evangelical website, the Gospel Coalition, which sure. conservative Christian outlet. And here's his here's his basic premise. He's very upset that Hollywood is embracing Elliot Page. That Elliot Page is getting so much positive press, uh-huh. and. According to uh, Beckett Cook, uh, he says 
that I used to work in Hollywood, but when I, and I was a gay man, everyone loved me. I was so good at what I did. I think he was a production designer. I couldn't IMDB this guy. I couldn't find him doing anything production design related, but let's assume he's right. He has a resume. Uh He says, I used to do that. But at some point in 2009, uh, he found Jesus, I guess. And then according to himself, he says, since then I no longer identify as gay, but rather choose to be celibate, Uh which, which I don't know what that, like, you're still gay, dude, just because you you choose not to have, (laughs) you can choose not to have sex with other men, but it doesn't sound like you're saying you're not still gay. Right. And even if that's not the primary way you identify yourself, fine, you do you, but like, you're still gay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, he actually wrote like, I still struggle with vestiges of same sex attraction. Uh-oh. But denying myself, taking up my cross, and following Jesus is an honor. My identity is no longer in my sexuality. Oh. It's in Jesus. So this guy, who is okay. gay but is not gay, is in Jesus. Anyway, he's very <laughs> mad. He says that when he came out as not gay, question mark, but pro-Jesus, he basically stopped getting work. And El, uh, Elliot Page uh-huh. is doesn't seem to be in danger of losing yeah. any work. I, uh, here's what he wrote. Here's what he wrote. In stark contrast to Elliot Page, who only gained approval and favor from celebrities and politicians, I lost both dear friends and my livelihood. He says he wrote a memoir in yep. uh, 2019 about coming out as Christian. And he said, had my memoir been a celebration of my gay identity, I would have had advertising and editorial clients beating down my door with even more job offers, which Mm. your book came out in 2019. I promise you coming out as gay last year would not have raised an eyebrow (laughs) when you're when you're on crew in Hollywood. Like so funny. so So. and this guy is now, you said, a Christian writer? He's he's a Christian something. Wow. That, I mean... By the way, in this article, in this article that the Gospel Coalition published, not only did Cook dead name Page <sighs> and use incorrect pronouns on purpose. Oh, sure. He used quotation marks around he. No. And also said Elliot Page, quote, announced her decision to become a man. As if Elliot Page flipped a switch somewhere. Like, there's one thing, it's one thing to be ignorant about trans issues. Like, yeah, this is not that. That is, yeah, that's not what's going on here. And what's appalling to me, like, it's one, I, I, these people exist. I'm not surprised by that. But for the Gospel Coalition, which prides itself as like this influential voice for conservative Christians, uh, for Southern Baptists, I believe, like, it's just, This is the same website, by the way, that once published an article by a white woman who said, my daughter's engaged to a black man and I need to pray about it. They published that. She was here. My God. Then they published it and everyone's like, what the hell are you doing? And then they deleted it. (laughs) Like good journalists. Yeah. And now they're publishing this piece where I, the basic premise is look at me, look at me. I'm gay and in Jesus, but I don't sleep with men and I'm jealous of Elliot page. 
And isn't that funny that this feels like the same group of people who get mad at um, kids for getting participation trophies and he's still like, um, I'm gay too. And nobody gave me a job at a book deal. Like, fuck you. Like it's, uh, he yeah, had it's the courage wild. to come out as gay in 2019. <laughs> I'm not saying it's easy, but if you're a worker in Hollywood, it's probably not as hard. Right. You're not in a tiny town in the buckle of the Bible belt. Um, this also really reeks of like nice guy energy of like, I'm really nice to girls and they don't like me. So fuck them. Like, except for he's like, I was gay too. And nobody was nice to me. Fuck them. Like you don't, right. People don't like, like, liberals don't only like you because you're, like, if you're gay, that is not an automatic license for all liberals to, like, worship at your feet or yeah, whatever you yeah, think yeah. is about to happen. And, like, oh, yeah, yeah. It sounds like this guy is a nightmare to work with. And I said that, too, when we were talking about all those atheists running for office. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm sure there will come a time when I'm like, oh, there is an atheist running and I hate this person's politics. Sure. But right now it's just... There's not really anyone there that meets that criteria. I'm right. sure it would be easy for there to be a Republican who says, like a Ben Shapiro type, who says, I'm not personally religious, right. not him, but I'm not personally religious, but I do respect the Judeo-Christian heritage of our country. Right. And also, I hate, I don't know, LGBTQ people. Like, yeah, I believe we were theoretically. That is theoretically yeah. possible. It's just not, that person isn't elected yet. Right. Um, let me tell you, you're going to enjoy this one. Remember our Jesse Lee Peterson? He is the self-hating black man, conservative oh, radio yeah, host. Yeah. Uh-huh. The last time we talked about him, I believe, he said Amy Coney Barrett shouldn't be on the Supreme Court because she ought to be where? In the kitchen. That is right. So this week, uh, if there's any bright spot for the Republican Party in the 2020 elections, it's that not only did they gain house seats, not enough to get a majority, thankfully, but they did gain house seats. But a lot of the people who won as new Republicans were women. And that's a surprise. That's not what you expect from the GOP. So a lot of the, and some of them are like batshit crazy QAnon types. Um, But some of them are just conservative Republicans. And so Jesse Lee Peterson is very, very upset about this. He says about women being elected. Yes. Yes. In the Republican Party, he says, sure, sure. sure. Republican he's speaking about. They have weakened the party by putting all these women in charge. The The strength is not in the women. It's in the men. Dot, dot, dot. Oh, the Republican Party is going downhill fast because they are emulating the Democratic Party. They're not doing what's best and what's right. They're trying to prove something to the Democratic. Uh, uh, Democrats get a bunch of women. Republicans got to get a bunch of women following Satan right into hell. Oh, you're going to live to regret this. <laughs> Ronana McDonald, which I think is his way of saying Rana mcdaniel who runs the gop but wait yeah i i don't know sorry i'm sorry he couldn't pronounce rana mcdaniel so he called her mcdonald and ronana i that was the most amusing part about this oh i thought maybe he was doing a bit like ronald mcdonald is a woman in this (laughs) virtual reality no the only feminized version of ronald he could think of was ronana which is yeah 
a very friends Monana reference. <laughs> God, I, I know it y'all would... are out there who listen to who still <laughs> like friends, even though it's very cool to shit all over friends. I know they're all white problematic <laughs> people, but I fucking love that show. Monana is a funny word. Uh, Jesse Lee just, just can't pronounce the names. That's it. That's and again, funny. if that was it, I wouldn't care so much. But the premise of that is actually getting at is that women oh. shouldn't be in politics because yeah, they took, should be at home. We took the lowest road possible on criticizing what that man had to say. I just want to be clear on that. I'm aware that like the things he said are abhorrent, but also he said a word bad. So that's funny. <laughs> uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. is back. In the news. Oh, was he gone? Because we talk about him every fucking I, I know we do. He's been out of the spotlight for a few weeks while uh, I don't know what he's doing in his spare time watching. I, I don't know. He's not watching the pool boy. Maybe someone else. Who knows? Yeah. But he had sued Liberty University for damaging his reputation. He had oh, sued them for defamation. Yes. Which was hilarious because he said like they basically made me look bad and it's like dude you're the one that posted the picture of you with your fly unzipped and your belly out and you like posts on instagram of young women who are students in not christian poses he's accusing sorry of defaming him by but all the okay, pool boy sorry, stuff. Sorry, I'm happened. gonna collect my thoughts. Yeah, all the pool boy stuff happened. All the sex scandal type stuff happened. All the hypocrisy was revealed. Uh-huh. And then he says, Liberty needlessly injured and damaged my reputation through a series of statements in print and in large oh. forums, forcing me to resign from the university. Forcing By the way, uh, well, he also had sued the Lincoln Project, those groups of like former Republicans who don't like Trump. Oh yeah, for so sued all for of defamation. Yeah, he said I must take the necessary steps to restore my reputation. How to do it, like, my dude? Yeah. Um, so um, this guy is a fucking lot for me, huh? He, he is. Well, like, he's in the news this week because he said he's going to finally drop the case. Oh, good. I was going to say I really don't appreciate him making me sympathize with Liberty University. That's not a position <laughs> I'm comfortable in. Yeah. Um, and I'd hope that he does not bring that to my table anymore because I hate that. He said, I've decided to take a time out from my litigation against Liberty U, but I will keep all options on the table. <laughs> I am kind of obsessed with the idea that nobody ever tells the truth when they're making like press releases. Just, <laughs> oh, I've decided I need to spend some time with my family and therefore I'm going to put a pause on this litigation that's definitely going to continue. And I definitely have a lawyer that I can definitely afford and everything's going really good. I just need you to know that I want to hang out with my wife, question mark. Um, yeah, I... I, I don't, again, we've said this before. No one cares what this guy does with his sex life in his private life. It was the hypocrisy so that was the issue here. But it was the, uh, I, I wonder if the real story here is that he realized there's n- like the defamation he's talking about is everyone quoting him is telling people what he did. The defamation. I waited until you took a sip to say that. He, I think he figured out. Defamation is just retweets. And he's like, ah, you can't say that about me. 
Yeah, I think he figured out like he's his own worst enemy here. He should be suing himself for ruining his reputation. If Donald Trump sued Twitter for making him look like an idiot, like, (laughs) no, dude. Yeah, Yeah. they're not the real issues here. Uh, Do you want a real story? Get this. Okay, I this is one that I did not see on my radar because it's new information. So there's a Christian group called The Voice of the Martyrs. Their website is fucking insufferable already. Oh, wait for it. Wait for it. Their website, (laughs) (laughs) persecution.com. Okay. 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 But am I a little impressed that they managed to snag that domain? I I am. That's like, it's hard to grab like one word (laughs) domains now. (laughs) So this group, uh, they've been doing this for a while, but the whole goal is we we have to convert people. We have to save the people who are genuinely religiously persecuted mm-hmm. and help them convert and all that stuff. So the way they do it, one wait, of the things wait, they do. Stop what you just yeah, said. Yeah. We have to help the people who are actually being religiously I'm saying that, persecuted that. Yeah. and then convert them to our thing. So Pretty like, much, yeah. Those people are making you do religion wrong. We'll save those people and make you do religion real good and right. Just not how you want to do it. Yes. And so one of the things they've been doing is they're saying North Korea is de facto atheist, like dictator guy. Basically, you worship uh, Kim Il-jong, Kim Jong-un, whoever is in charge at the time. It's it's a dictatorship. It's crazy. And you're not allowed to worship a god there. And yeah. so that's genuine persecution. I will give you that. If sure. let's say you wanted to be a Christian, you couldn't be over sure. there. Sure, sure, sure. I will grant that that is legit religious persecution. And what this group has been doing, and they've been doing this for years, is that they kind of attach uh, Bibles with string to balloons that can Fuck float you, away man. with them and drop them into North Korea. They fly a friggin' plane over North Korea, like drones or whatever, or balloons. I mean, they they float these things so they go into North Korean space. And when those balloons finally come down, they're basically dropping Bibles everywhere. Poverty. And here's the problem, though. North Korea. (laughs) Just seeing if they could use, like, a fucking chicken instead of a Bible or whatever. Yeah, yeah. they, They don't have food, really. And so, yeah, that's what these people do. And what's happening now according to a report that just came out, is that the South Korean government is possibly going to arrest their leader, or at least he's on charges of basically making shit worse. <laughs> so in South Cor- Cor- North Korea. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Between, uh, well, not in North Korea. That's bad enough. South Korean government, they're fine. They're uh-huh. basically saying, listen, it's fraught enough as is And one of the things we have is like an inter-Korean exchange law that regulates what goes back and forth between our countries. So if you want to take type thing, uh, I don't know enough to answer that question. Okay, but basically, if you're trying to bring anything from South Korea into North Korea, it has to be approved by the government because, like, that's the way they can keep tensions at a like not from going to a boil or something. And so basically, how do they launch these balloons, these Bible balloons? They're in South Korea and they let them float from nearby. It's like saying, I'm going to send something to Canada. Let me stand on the north edge of Minnesota and hope it gets there. And also Flat in they, from Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. So they're basically saying, one, you're violating that exchange law. Second charge is that you're creating a national threat to like what we are doing, uh, natural disaster 
type situation. And finally, you're using high pressure gas that you're not allowed to use. I know it's a technical like issue, but still you can't do it. And so basically this guy who works with the martyr group is like, pray for me, send me your money for our group. But by the way, here's the other issue that I didn't even bring up yet. So this guy may be arrested for breaking these laws, which I mean, fine, whatever. That's their law. You could have followed it. It's not like an unjust law here. But also, if you're a North Korean citizen who happens to be caught with a Bible because it fell into your lap, literally. Sure. Do you know what they could do to you there? They could kill you. Oh like, my God, I didn't think these that. Christian groups are like, we got to send Jesus. Let's do it with balloons. They're like, they can't, they can't hurt the balloons. And these, if these Bibles get there and someone's caught reading it, they should sure. be executed. And these martyr people don't care. That's pretty fucking bad. It really I just, is. oh my God. It, I just, I find it increasingly frustrating to uh, the way that there are Christians that are persecuted around, around the world, but like, but nobody's helping with that part. <laughs> They're just like, no. you want this book though? Cause I can send you this book or like, like yeah. Is it email, a, I'll send you a PDF file of the Bible. delicious. After I read the page, I can eat it. That would help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make that'd it. be very helpful, but that's not it. Uh, uh, have, yeah, please. No, I want to do stories. Do it. Do Me, it. Jessica. Okay. Do it. Um, do you remember Michelle Bachman? <laughs> Unfortunately, Former congresswoman. Former congresswoman from Minnesota. Um, one of those people that I immediately forgot about as soon as she got off the national stage, so to speak. I think Mikey uh, gave her a microphone for a speaking engagement once she did in Chicago. So we're pretty close is what I'm saying. Anyway. <laughs> yes. She's back in the news again for reasons. Um she is claiming that Satan stole her vo- her vote in last November's election and is trying to end American democracy in 2020 because it's the 400th anniversary of the founding of the Plymouth, Plymouth Colony in 1620. Uh-huh. So how do you feel about that? So she hasn't changed one bit from when she yeah. was in Congress. Even. She's been doing this for months now where she'll go on whatever podcast or interview a TV show she does, right wing media, and she'll just still say the same crazy stuff she's always said. Uh, in this case, she's at a rally in Georgia for the Senate races there and basically saying Satan stole our right to vote. I don't know if she was literally saying Satan stole it or if she was referring to Democrats when she said Satan. Either way, no yeah. one did. There's no reason to think anyone stole her vote. Like, um, Yeah, I'm, I'm reading this off of LGBTQ Nation. Alex Bollinger, or Bollinger is the author, and they wrote this really delightful paragraph. Most people would look... How Biden got more than 80 million votes and think that America is, in fact, on board with Biden being president, but not Michelle Bachman. She says, quote, we're not dumb in the United States because we know without the shadow of a doubt, this man did not get the votes on election night. It didn't happen. Donald Trump got votes, got the votes on election night. So why would we be like drones, Trumps and fools to go along with this? Because if you are a chump and a fool, like what else are you going to do? 
You know, she called the founding of Plymouth Rock uh, this gift of God to the world, this idea of voting for the people and the laws that you live under that we take for granted. That's exactly when Satan was snatching away from American rule by the consent of the governed. I mean, I know I said all those words and I did them really well because I'm really good at reading out loud, but what the fuck did I just say? <laughs> no one knows. No, she, and she doesn't know, which is the point. Like, they love the Constitution, but when you talk about rights for other groups or voting rights or anything like that, it's like, what? No, don't look at this Constitution. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the bad one. We did it better now. Yeah. Let's uh, give a shout out to a sponsor for today's episode. We talked about them before. It's the podcast being reasonable. And most of our listeners would probably agree that it's a serious challenge right now. Uh, thinking critically. It's a problem. We've lost our ability to think critically as a nation. It's getting worse with the vaccine. And Being Reasonable is a podcast where the host, Mark Solomon, basically examines one belief that a guest claims to be true from anything from I believe in Reiki energy to I believe in hypnosis to I believe in Christianity and evolution. And the goal is not to have a debate about it. It's to examine the reliability of their beliefs and figure out under what circumstances they might change their beliefs and figure out how they are thinking as opposed to what they are thinking. The goal of the podcast being reasonable is to help model and develop the skills required to evaluate the truth value of any belief. And that's why uh, teachers are using it in some classrooms and fans of this show, if nothing else, will definitely value being reasonable. So check out that podcast wherever you get your podcasts um, and thank them for sponsoring this show, too. We appreciate it a lot. Thank you. Let's talk about uh, since we mentioned Jerry Falwell What's one thing that has surprised me is that Liberty University still has a think tank on campus called the Falkirk Center, which is the weird thing named. It was an alliance between Falwell and conservative Charlie Kirk. And Falwell is long gone now. And that place is still going. And Has Kirk been around? I feel like I haven't heard that little dude's name in a minute. Oh, he's around. He was campaigning for Trump without masks in a bunch of places, leaving oh, cool. COVID in the wake, I believe. Who knows? Uh, he's, again, he's one of the Tucker types, wannabes. Same deal. They're all the same person in different bodies. Right, right. So, uh, this, it's not one of them that said it. This is another guy that works with the Falkirk Center. His name is Nathan Skates. And he basically wrote something up on the Falkirk Center's website that was, let me go back a second. There's a Christian, uh, a black Christian author named Jamar Tisby who wrote an article recently about Christianity's racist history. Um, basically saying, you know, we have a role to play in why race Racism is as bad as it is, which is, yeah, that's true. So Nathan Skates, this guy at the Falkirk Center, wrote back or wrote a response to it um, because the Southern Baptist Convention, seminary leaders in the Southern Baptist Convention recently denounced what they call critical race theory. They didn't call it that. That's what it's called, especially among conservatives, basically saying like systemic racism is real. It affects what's happening today. The mm-hmm. racism of, that was there in our founding has profound impact as to what's happening today. Uh, Systemic racism is real. And those Baptist seminary leaders said, how dare anyone bring that up? It's like a giant liberal hoax. 
And so this author, Jamar Tisby, said, no, it's not. It's legit. We need to own up to that and deal with it. And this guy from the Falkirk Center writes, uh, Tisby stated that the real threat to the church is Christian nationalism, claiming that America is not so exceptional, and lobbed charges of racism at evangelicals who support the Republican Party. This author himself would like to add that if America were not exceptional and were indeed irredeemably and systemically racist, Tisby would not have been able to achieve such success nor be allowed to make such claims without consequence, which is Christianese for he's black, he's doing fine, therefore racism isn't real. Like, wow. That's saying that one out loud. All right. Yeah. Um, not a strong contribution, I would say, to the international dialogue on race relations. <laughs> is, is this um, when Falwell was still on campus and before the pool boy stuff broke out? Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people remember this because he had posted on Twitter a picture of uh, there was a mask mandate in his state and he posted a picture of fine. If you're going to make me wear a mask, I'm going to post a picture of our governor in blackface on my mask. Cause it was a big controversy for two seconds. He's right. a Democrat. He's still in office. Um, and that was kind of the tipping point. Cause like Jerry Falwell is a jerk, but he's also racist. Right. Um, and that was kind of the tipping point for it to be overt enough that this sports program he had been building up for many years, like, recruiting really good athletes for Liberty Mm -hmm. and getting coaches for Liberty who are pretty good. Um, A lot of them like left the school. They're like, I I can't do this. It's bad enough as is, but like, I can't deal with the racism. I can't defend coming to Liberty and playing at a school that is fine with this. Sure. And that was one of many reasons Falwell had to resign, but like, they're still doing it. It's still a racist place. And like, if you go to that school, this is what you're a part of. Mm-hmm. Like uh, either fight back against it, say something about it. I know not every student like chose to go there necessarily, like sure. if your parents are paying for your education. But I think if you go there, you have a responsibility to speak out against it or else like don't be mad when people call, like use that against you in the future. Oh, you went to Liberty. Mm, you must be like this. Oh, boy, that is. It was just such a nuclear level bad take. <laughs> if, huh. if, if racism is a thing, how come you're talking, dude? Like, yeah, oh, yeah. brother. This is the high level think tank yeah, exactly. information you get. Um, can I talk to you no. about? Oh, I want to talk about um, what's her face, Kelly Law. Kelly, yes. Um. Okay. So she is currently a (laughs) senator from Georgia. She's facing, which one is she facing in the? She is facing Reverend Raphael Warnock. Warnock. Okay. I get mixed up between who's running for whose seat. Um, So she's a monster. She, I believe is one of the wealthiest people in Congress. The, the wealthiest. Yeah. The wealthiest. She was accused of um, basically insider trading before the pandemic, which is, I don't think she was held responsible for yet. Um, anyway, so she yeah, there's no her. criminal there's no criminal action against her, but yeah, she's been accused with good evidence of basically profiting off of her roles in the Senate. She gets some confidential information, she makes money off of it, 
and then pretends like she's not. Let me ask you this. If you had $800 million, uh-huh. what would you, would you be like, I want to go to the Senate so I can let Mitch McConnell like dictate my around. life. Yeah. No, I do not think I would want to be a Senator if I was extremely rich. I think I would rather enjoy being extremely rich and then donate a lot of my money to good causes. And also like, I want a ranch, you know, I would just like, like a ranch that people can't get to. That's the whitest thing you have said all episode. That's fine. I made myself a homemade dirty chai latte. So I am way white. And guess what I had for breakfast this morning, motherfucker, avocado toast. Oh my God. Powerful with my white millennial lady energy. It's, (laughs) It's shattering the windows. Anyway. Um, Anyway, so where does Kelly Leffler spend her money? <laughs> well, well, so because she's so rich, she did this thing that I actually want to talk to you a little bit about where she's donating her salary. Um, she gets $174,000 a year as a senator. Um, and this has been a thing that we've seen a couple people do. Trump famously said, I'm not going to take my, I think, $250,000 yeah, salary. Yeah. Um, so that first... I want to talk about the concept of doing that um, because I like it, it really pisses me off when people are like, oh, she's so noble. She doesn't even take a salary. But like that means that's setting us up for a plutocracy. If, if the only people who we allow to make rules are the ones who can afford not to take a salary, that's bullshit. Like let I don't know. I just think it's a really a bad precedent to set that like, Oh, so-and-so is necessarily good. Cause he's not even taking a salary. Well, yeah, that, that whatever $250,000 is a drop in the bucket of her net worth of $800 million or something wild like that. Anyway, I don't like that. It kind of makes me mad. No, it doesn't kind of make me mad. It makes me pretty fucking furious. Cause if I, if I got elected to set it tomorrow, I will not, I'm virtually unelectable. I wouldn't need that money to fly back and forth to DC and eat in Washington, DC. Like I would need those, that money to live. And that doesn't make me a necessarily bad person anyway. So she donated her shit to charity because she thinks that that will make her a better person. Um, however, the shit she donated to was, I don't want to shock you, but horrible. She, um, over the last two financial quarters, she donated two hundred excuse me, $26,600 to seven anti-abortion pregnancy centers and $3,800 to Covenant Care Adoptions, which is an, L- an anti-LGBTQ agency. Um, yeah, Covenant Care Adoptions says, uh, quote, the term marriage only has one meaning, the uniting of, a man, of one man and one woman in a single exclusive union, and that, quote, any form of sexual immorality, including homosexual behavior, bisexual conduct, it's homosexual behavior and bisexual conduct. You have to, like, make sure those verbs are, are set. Right, very right. different. Um, bestiality, ooh, that was a hard right turn. Bestiality, incest, and use of pornography. Um... The order of those things is really confounding to me. The like the fact that she just like plops bestiality or they just plop bestiality in the middle and like frame it out with being gay and using porn is wild. 
Anyway, when everything is a sin, they lump together everything with no regards for consent, with no regards for anything else. By the way, the presidential salary, I should say 400. I had to look that up to be sure. 400,000. And I think there's an expense account, too. But you're right. Like when you're super rich or at least like whatever Donald Trump is, which is up for grabs. He's not rich. uh, He just gets things for free. (laughs) Right. Like him donating a salary, which they make to be like a big, generous gesture mm-hmm. of some sort. Like, first of all, this is pocket change for right. Kelly Leffler. It's even pocket change for Trump, who whatever money you think he has, right. it's not a lot. So they're making a show of it. But you're right. Like for people who actually are senators or Congress people, and that is their job, there's nothing wrong with saying, all right, this is my salary. I'll take it. And by the way, Trump, at least, as we know, has enriched himself from the office. So, like, he's grifting and making a lot more money than he's giving away. And that's kind of the argument with Leffler, too. As a senator, she gets inside information to help her with her decision making. And the argument is her and David Perdue, the other Georgia Republican senator, Mm -hmm. are using that confidential information to boost their own bank accounts. So, first of all, don't get impressed when the wrong people are saying, well, I'm giving away my salary. Right. Like, at all, even if they were going to good places. Like, it's chump change. If you told me you were giving a certain percentage of the money you made overall to charity, that means a lot more. It's kind of like the old, uh, I don't know where this came from, but, like, a poor person who donates 10% of their salary means a lot more than a rich person who donates, like, 20% of theirs. Mm -hmm. Like, or whatever it was. But the poor person doesn't have it to begin with. Kelly Leffler does. Mm-hmm. The fact that she's giving this quote-unquote generous gift to the worst organizations that perpetuate inequality and bigotry right. that definitely doesn't deserve any praise. Well, and I also think that's just such an argument against uh, those who think that small government, small government is the norm and we should be filling the gaps by, like, charitable giving. Because... Mm-hmm. That's uh, charitable giving means the rich people get to pick what causes are worthwhile. Right, right, right. And, no, just tax them. Let it yeah. go to all these places. I don't want to. I don't want Jeff Bezos to give a billion dollars to one cause when we could be getting several billion dollars as a whole, as a country, every time, and it goes to places that he may not care about. Right. So, yeah. Um. By the way, it's the same reason I, I hate it whenever they're like, we should just freeze their salaries statewide, too. Like, we should freeze all their salaries unless they do this thing we need them to do, because they're basically hurting the, like, least well-off right. ma- like lawmakers. And a lot of people are doing this for all the right reasons, and this is the only salary they get. It For state lawmakers, it's almost always not a livable salary. They have yeah. to have other jobs in any way. So, I mean, again, I, yeah, I don't care if she's giving her like meager relative to her worth salary to charity mm-hmm. and the fact that she's using it to do more evil fits her brand right. pretty right. well. What's up with Tulsi Gabbard trying to pass an anti-trans bill in the last couple of weeks of her office, yeah. uh, like her term? I just saw a tweet that said Tulsi Gabbard is back and saw that headline and was like, mm, I don't know that she's reading the room that well <laughs> never has like she's going to be out of office in a couple of weeks she didn't run for re-election oh, that's uh, right so she's gone and one of her last acts is to make sure trans people can't play sports in high school like she's just so brave full-on insane which by the way we knew that when she was running for president too and then people are like why would you go against her she's a democrat <laughs> like no 
She's bad. Tulsi. I got one last story for you here. Uh, This bugged the hell out of me. Okay. This is why I don't like religious exemptions to COVID restrictions. Because, like, the virus doesn't care what you believe. Here's kind of the gist of the story. There's a teacher in a West Virginia high school. Uh, Do we know her name? We might know her name. It doesn't even matter. But a teacher at a high school. Um, This is a high school that I think is meeting in person. Uh, which is an issue in itself. But basically, they don't really have a homecoming dance because, of course, you wouldn't. Why would you right now? Right. Um, she, on her own, decided she was going to hold an unofficial homecoming dance, and the school can't stop you from doing that. You could just say, I'm throwing a party. And, oh, these kids <laughs> dropped by. They're chaperones. It's all good. But, like, you can do that. It's the same reason we, uh, a football coach can't pray with students when he's like on the clock. Oh, but sure. if the football coach goes to a church and the same students go to that church, like sure. whatever, you can't do anything about that. So this teacher said, I want to book a place called the four T arena, which is a place. It's not like a sports arena. It's a place that usually holds weddings and other smaller it's special four seasons from yeah. Pittsburgh. Yes. It's a landscaping place, but like it's a wedding venue. Fine. And she said, I wanted to book it for the homecoming dance and it's in a nearby county and the the place basically says i'm sorry you you're not allowed to do it we have restrictions here because of covid we can't uh-huh. host an event for 200 people which is what you want yeah so oh, she ends up calling back uh because the county health official said no she called back and said uh i need the building again it's for a religious vow renewal. Oh, uh, by the way, I, oh, I need it for 200 people. And now the health officials can't stop her because it's a faith-based event. <sighs> and so she holds her unofficial homecoming. People began posting uh, about the homecoming using mm-hmm. like hashtag FOCO, which was fake homecoming. Uh, I don't know I don't how that like really it. works, but there you yeah, go. At all. Uh, but there were, I mean, look, I've chaperoned high school dances when I was a teacher mm-hmm. and like talk about there's no social distancing is all I'm getting at. Yeah, I don't nasty like Axe body sprays glue <laughs> and it's just there. You just dated yourself. I know. I bet the so, kids don't use Axe body spray anymore. Whatever the new iteration of that is. But the, something. the owners of the venue said there were about 60 people in attendance at least one person was COVID. Six zero. Six zero. There was at least one person that they know was COVID positive at no. that event. But because uh, it was at a nearby county, their officials can't do anything to do any real contact tracing right now. And like, basically, who knows who has it because of that event? And it's all because this idiot teacher was like, I'm going to do this thing. And then to make things even worse, like the school... It won't say if they disciplined her because she did this on her own time. Like she didn't do it as a teacher. And so like, what are you going to do? Yeah. I don't know how rules like that work, but I feel like if it involves students, there has to be some kind of, is there? I don't know. I, it happened off campus. So like, who's going to punish her for this thing that is technically legal, that is technically not a school event, you know? So yeah. I don't know. 
Well, if there's one lesson we should be teaching teenagers that they can get away with fucking anything. So as long as you say you're Christian, mm-hmm. um, I have one more story yeah. that I'm excited about and you won't care about. Um, Hemant, tell me your feelings on Hallmark Christmas movies. They're cheesy. Mm-hmm. I don't watch them personally, but mm-hmm. I don't care. It's mm-hmm. like, I think it's one of those things, like, it's there every year, and some people like them. All right, mm-hmm. fine. Listen, I like Survivor. I'm not in a position to complain about whatever anyone likes. Um, that's fair. Um, the, these are movies that I really discovered in earnest about 2017. And boy, oh boy, do I love them. They're hot, heated trash and they're all very good um the best one is obviously the spirit a spirit of christmas or the spirit of christmas it's about a woman who falls in love with a ghost i've seen it five times it's fucking hysterical (laughs) anyway um so hallmark christmas movies aren't necessarily hallmark branded that's sort of more of a uh way of life is really what these hallmark movies are so it's more of a genre piece than a a genre where a woman like has some run-in with her enemy but then she falls in love with him and then it's christmas and they all get together and it's a happy ending i mean you missed some important details the woman is always from the big city capital t yes, capital yes. b capital c um she hates christmas doesn't have to have time of for course. one or both of her parents are always dead uh-huh. um, she has to go for a lawyer emergency on Christmas Eve or whatever to like the tiny town of Snow Falls Banks Flakesville. Yes. Um, Does she own an independent bookstore? Um, not usually. Usually she represents, uh, usually like usually we're looking at like a you've got mail situation where mm. she represents the bar, the fictionalized Barnes and Noble who are trying to take over this tiny bookstore owned by this really handsome guy with shaggy hair who really loves Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she learns that Christmas spirit is not corporate, I guess. I don't know. Unclear. Anyway, she has perfectly wavy, um, medium brown hair and wears like, like a, 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 not a fedora. What's the, a beret, a beret with her hair done just so. Yeah. Uh And they fall in love. And I think usually like she gets a big inheritance at the end and buys the town and now it's Christmas town USA. Anyway. Uh Wow. <laughs> I blacked out. So, I don't remember anything I just I said. have now seen every Hallmark <laughs> Lifetime Christmas movie. I genuinely blacked Thank out. Thank you for saving 87 hours of my next month. That dumb thing just came out of my body while I wasn't even present in it. Um, <laughs> so what came out? This? So anyway, the point is there, it's more of a, uh, more of like a genre now of just like a very cheesy, fluffy romance that takes place in and around Christmas, usually lightly funny. Um, anyway, so this year, uh, the happiest season came out. It's with, um, uh, Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis. Um, it's a lesbian, uh, Hallmark Christmas movie type things. It stars not only Christmas, Kristen Stewart, who, but her like post twilight career slash post coming out career is something I am obsessed with. She is, so much more fun now that she's out and she chopped off all her hair. She is a delight. I think she's extremely funny and charming. She's very good in Charlie's Angels. Anyway, Mackenzie Davis, my husband's love interest, uh, IRL. Anyway, they play a couple um, who goes home to Kristen uh, to Mackenzie Davis's parents, and her dad is maybe running for mayor, and I think he is 
one of the dads from First Wives Club. And there's a weird sister. And then Alison Brie is there with her weird twins. And Dan Levy is there, obviously, because he shows up and all. God, sorry, I'm really losing losing track of my life. Anyway, so I think, <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's been a really hard couple of weeks. And I just want to talk about the happiest season so badly. Um, so it's, she goes, and she's not out to her parents. It's a real, real oops daisy situation. Um, anyway, it came out, people really seem to be enjoying it. It's exactly what it's supposed to be. It's funnier that it has any right to be, um, uh, Clea Duvall wrote and directed it. Who's great. Um, anyway, Ben Shapiro is really fucking mad about it. Um, he no. accused the fi- I know. He accused the film of being, quote, woke and a product of the, quote, left, seemingly because it features a queer couple. Race Is there the- anyone who, white, who uses the word woke in a way that is not cringeworthy? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't think so. Like, anytime I hear it, it's like, oh, right, right. Mm-hmm. I can guess a lot of things about you, and I'm right about all of them. Well, it's sort of like anytime you're in a Facebook or digital conversation with anybody, and they say, how do you know I identify as a man? Like, that's hmm. always a certain type of person, or it's, it's, it's the, the one joke that who Yeah, the one joke being, well, I identify as, and then they name some inanimate object. Yeah, it's usually an attack helicopter is the Mm. right one joke. Uh Um, uh Anyway, um, so Ben Shapiro said, in the end, conservatives are going to have to get into the business of actually making entertainment because the left has decided all entertainment is now to be woke. All of it, right? I... Let's talk about conservative entertainment. Oh boy. That's like conservative humor. That's like pure flicks. Like, oh damn. If you think God's not dead is entertaining and not laughable. That's the thing. It's like there's no law that me that says that conservative or even Christian entertainment is necessarily bad. They just keep fulfilling that over and over and over yeah, and over and it over just again. Is. It's the rule. It's it's yeah. as predictable as a Hallmark movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He also said, uh, even holiday programming is holiday programming, Ben, or Christmas programming. You <laughs> um, even holiday programming is designed toward pleasing and placating left-wing critics. For example, normal, normal ooh, we're going to put big fucking scare quotes around normal, heaven, come back to that. For example, uh-huh. normal holiday fair t- tends to be pablum? I don't know that word. P-A-B-L-U-M. Yeah, just boring. Okay, I'm not that word. Right? It tends to be the kind of stuff that's not necessarily socially justice oriented. It sort of warms the cockles of your heart. Ben, you don't have a heart. Um, But no, but I do want to talk about (laughs) normal holiday fare because what they mean is straight and white. Yeah. And it's Christmas and we don't acknowledge other people. Other beliefs exist. That's his type. Isn't this the same guy who's like, excuse me, my wife tells me uh, WAP is not a thing. Oh, yeah. His, he tweeted that his... <laughs> That's a medical condition, which is my, <laughs> why my wife never has it. Genuinely, though, that was a funny <laughs> all fucking time. When he said my wife, who's a doctor, told me if you need a wife and... I'm up in bucket. he's having dry ass sex with his poor wife oh golly oh this man i would watch a movie about that life oh i definitely would that would be a holiday movie well what he doesn't know is his wife is presently living in the first act of a of a holiday movie because she's (laughs) living with this terrible human who's probably mean to her and 
doesn't let her properly lubricate himself before intercourse. Um, so she's about, she's like mm, 40 minutes away from bumping into her high school best friend who turned, who grew up and got really handsome and he was out working for doctors with borders, but now he's back. Um, and he really just wants to save the Christmas festival that they do every year in Snow Falls or Stin. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the big mean man, Ben Shapiro in this situation, he wants Who's to. Who's the mayor? Who's the mayor? Oh, you're saying Ben Shapiro is the mayor? He would be the mayor who's oh, like, no. Trying to shut down. Okay, so he's the yeah, mayor. Yeah. He's trying to shut down Christmas Fair. Or uh-huh. it's probably like Yuletide Fest or something like that. Um, yeah. And she, his his wife, meets, what did I say? Was it Bookshop? No, no, no. Doctors Without Borders, guys, who's coming back to the small town and they save Christmas. And Ben Shapiro, um, I don't know, falls off something high maybe? Or... Mm-hmm. Right onto a nativity scene. Oh, I like that a lot. I'm not sure how Shapiro's character would dispatch himself. He'd probably move back to the big city. Mm. Anyway, so that's, I hope somebody wrote all this down because they are million dollar ideas and I do have a copyright on all of them. <laughs> Done. Uh, Where do we find uh, you, Jess? Wait. <laughs> before no, that oh wait we don't have time for more lifetime summaries no i'm not doing more lifetime summaries i'm doing um uh reviews oh yeah because we got some and i f- remembered to do it this week so um you can go on your podcatcher of choice um itunes if you have it and leave us five-star review um and we will read some reviews and i'm finding it and here it is the review um I can't remember what I've read already. Uh, several months. Oh, no, no, we did that one. Okay, Great Atheist Talk, November 13th, Old Geek 1. The show has intelligent, reasonable, and thoughtful discussions on church versus state, religious attempts to change law, and religious attempts to change law in their favor. You'll love it. Thank you, Old Geek 1. I don't think you're very old. I think you have a young personality. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. I'm Ham- at Ham and Meta. Uh, you, you figure it out. If you're listening to this tonight, <laughs> we're watching um, How Did This Get Made? It was one of my favorite podcasts. They're doing a couple Christmas movies that they make fun of. And so we watched a very nutty Christmas, I think it's called, last night with Melissa Joan Hart. Best part about that movie, besides everything is that there's a weird anti-union rant at the end it's fucking wild it like goes from this very like cutesy oh she owns a bakery and it's a he's a living nutcracker and he can crack nuts with his hands and apparently that's the thing kids want to see and at the end it's just this guy's like hey union rules mean that we can't move this truck and then (laughs) it's truly the wildest third act twist um i'm very excited i can't believe the star of god's not dead too isn't an anti-union movie oh was she in god's not dead too mikey and i were talking about last night about whether melissa jen hart became like a cuckoo banana. God, I hope I'm talking about the right person. There's just so many of them. They all look the same, you know? <laughs> I get her and Alicia Silverstone mixed up. Alicia Silverstone was just, just in the lot. Oh, okay. Last thing. If anybody has... I am right. God is not dead, too. Oh, congratulations. Boom. God's not Boom. dead, too, Mikey. So she is in those weird movies. Um, we... I've been really into, like, movies with dream logic. So I've, we've been... We watched um, Synecdoche, New York. 
Is that how you say it, Mikey? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember that one. I'm thinking about ending thing. Basically, Charlie Kaufman movies. Yeah. He has good ones. Please recommend them to me because they are, like, rocking my world right now. I'm really, really into it. I think because we just finished the last season of – or the second season of Twin Peaks, and it has a lot of that dream logic of, like, people just becoming different people or whatever. So I'm really invested in that. So, oh, God. Um, I don't know, Hemet. This stupid show is the only thing that gives me joy. I don't want to let you go. <laughs> <laughs> um. Email is friendly at these podcasts at gmail.com. Is that it? I don't know. That's, that's fine. We're we'll good. This is a long one, eh? It's all good. We'll okay. see you next week. Bye. Bye, everyone.